0: Welcome to the 258th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on November 13th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who likes to make a lot of stuff about Starbucks, Carlos Rodella
1: hey it's me i make the sketches about starbucks that are funny sometimes and sometimes people look at them and sometimes they don't
0: it's funny because when you always have a new clip or something like i check it out and i see you know i see a link pop up or i see a mention or something and i'm like oh carlos is starbucks again and i was wondering if that was like your brand like just for a moment we don't need to dwell on this very much but like <laughs> is that like your is that your genre like you're like the the dude at starbucks is that the videos you make or do you You do other stuff, too. I mean, you do plenty of other stuff, but it seems like Starbucks is your jam.
1: Yeah, it's just I make comedy sketches and lots of times it just, you know, happens organically. And so I go to Starbucks almost every day and I have like baristas that I talk to and I know all of them and all of them by name. And they know me and they know that I do sketches. And so a lot of it just came from the interactions I was having with them or like learning about stories that they would tell me, you know, like, oh, I had this customer who asked for this one thing. And then I just started making sketches out of that. And that was relatable, you know. Do you ever
0: think that when they tell you about, like, some weird, annoying customer that they're talking about you, but, like, like <laughs> nice. on the DL, like, they're like, oh, yeah. yeah, that guy that comes in always yeah. asks for, like, 17 things in his mocha, wink, yeah. wink, and they're like, it's you?
1: That guy that comes in and always talks about his stupid comedy sketches and wants us to watch them? So annoying. No, it's not you. It's totally not you. It's, it's, not, it's, not, like you. it's, so it's not you. It's another guy who likes comedy sketches, yeah, which is so, you know, specific. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, what's interesting, though, and I just talked about this in some of the comments on the videos, is I talk back and forth with the people, and... Like I was in the food industry before, you know, the stuff that I do now forever. Like I did that my whole, you know, 19, 20, 21, whatever, like a ton of years. And so I have all those stories like buried deep inside me, you know, uh, those memories of like a line out the door or, you know, like just sweating into my yeah. uniform. So when they tell me stories, it's just like, it's pretty easy to go back into acting mode And when I do my sketches. Cause I'm, I'm like, I remember this stuff, you know what I mean?
0: I thought you were going to say sweating on the food for a second. Oh,
1: they might have happened as well.
0: It got, it got sweaty
1: <laughs> when I worked at Taco Bell. You know, who uh, knows?
0: This food is so salty. Mm, what a strange flavor. Tastes <laughs> it, like Carlos.
1: Oh, gross. Uh, also, <laughs> I am having Starbucks right now. So if you hear me chewing on the podcast, I apologize. But I'm hungry and I got a cranberry bliss bar and they are the best things in the world.
0: There you go. Cranberry Bliss Bar. All right, folks, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about as usual. But before we get to that, uh, as you all know, Carlos and I share a virtual living space, giant house, lots of rooms, tons of places to be. But right now we are in the living room and it's split down the middle with a strip of duct tape. Carlos, what do you have on your side of the house for housekeeping this week, sir?
1: So much. Um, I'll try to just open a few boxes. One is, did you hear about the Thunderworld um, like live stream they did?
0: I don't even know what we're talking about.
1: Okay. Thunderworlds like a publisher. And they put oh, out a lot no, of stuff. Oh, no. Thund-
0: Thunder Thunderful.
1: Oh, did I say Thunder World? I meant to say Thunder World, which is what it was I, called.
0: I mean, for a minute, I was like, are we talking about the Mad Max movie where he's in the dome? No. Nice. Thunder Dome. Thunder I heard that they put out a live stream with a bunch of announcements. And I'm actually yeah. good friends with the guy who is the head of that. um used to be head of the studio. Now it's like head of the company. Uh, wonderful guy, uh, great guy. I love him very much. Uh, but no, I, I saw like one announcement and I didn't have time. And I was kind of like I was I looked at the computer as I was walking by and I'm like, oh, it's an announcement from I gotta go by. Yeah. And I didn't have time to read it. But tell me all about it.
1: Yeah, that's why I do that for us because I watch everything. Um, so Thunderful World, uh, was just really cool out of out of blue, kind of like, hey, we're gonna do a digital, you know, announcement for a bunch yeah, of trailers. Yeah. But they did it the coolest way because it's really funny. Uh, it's hosted by Mark Hamill. And you know, I
0: heard that. And I was very surprised to hear that.
1: Yeah. It, I don't know if he did a voice in one of the games. I'm guessing he did at some point. Um, that's the only reason I could think of it. But either way, he is so funny. And it just it's, it's works perfectly. And I won't, like, spoil it. But I think people should go watch it because it's really fun to watch. And then they do trailers. Um, but besides Mark Hamill being funny, they, they showed off Wavetail, which is – um, very interesting kind of platformer where you're on the water. Uh,
0: that, that one it debuted on um, what, Stadia? Is that right?
1: Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're just talking yeah. about like yeah, a, okay. a lot of these, you know, that were maybe on there or sure. just somewhere else sure. are going to new systems. So, And some of these were announcements for the games to go on console, right? Because a lot of these are on Steam. Uh, some are available already. Uh, Planet of Lana, which we might have talked about in the show, it's a side scroller, uh, 2D, uh, really. Beautiful looking, and about a robot army that invades uh, this girl's town or world or something. Cool uh, it looks really cool. And then uh, Leica looks really interesting. So Leica is they called it a Motovania because it's a two D like Excite Bike uh, motorcycle game, but also you're like killing enemies Mad Max style.
0: I mean, I'm in. Mean, I mean, Thunderful they make a lot of stuff. I mean, they were uh, they were before they became Thunderful. I mean, that's their new name, but they were. Um... Uh, another developer before that and they made all of the the steam world games and those games are amazing they've got great great taste great design so yeah i'm excited about all these
1: well i have a surprise for you at the end then here Uh, oh snap yeah so they also talk about fire girl which i've been waiting for a long time for um it is again another one of those roguelikes that i will like i think because who roguelike that i will like um have you seen the footage of it right the 2d kind of um uh, platformy action. You're yeah, a yeah, yeah. Woman. It looks
0: really cute. It looks very cute. You're like a fire, like, like, like a fire fighter, fire girl, right? And yeah. if you're in fire, you're jumping, platforming,
1: yeah. putting out fires. Yeah, it looks cool. And then like, you know, again, it's a progression thing. So you like upgrade yourself and then you find out like this overarching story of why there's all these fires. I don't know. And the presentation looks amazing. So just, I'm excited about that. It's very um, cute. And then a couple others, they mentioned Hellpie, which is a 3D platformer where you're a demon and you have a cherub who's like on a chain and floating above you and you can hit people <laughs> with the cherub and it's really funny looking
0: oh that's funny i haven't seen that one that sounds fun
1: that's it feels like a banjo kazooie type game uh white shadows is right up your alley because you liked uh little nightmares didn't you oh yeah i loved it okay it's that like it's in black and white and it's <laughs> little nightmares
0: <laughs> it is little nightmares okay i'm in sold. But, but
1: in black and white and kind of like this um a steampunky kind of feel it's really cool go look at the trailer okay. all right and then lastly they talked about gunk which we've never talked about in the show i don't think but i've been no. excited for that it's interesting it looks like uh mario sunshine
0: we've been looking at videos of that for like at least a year i feel like they announced it a while ago
1: they did yeah but you know like mario sunshine like did the water this is the sure. kind of thing where you like you know push away gunk i guess
0: cleaning up a landscape
1: cleaning up a landscape and the big reveal at the end was that there's a new steam world game it's called headhunter and it just showed two robots uh like in the wild wild west like doing a shootout
0: was there any gameplay or was it just nope. like a cinematic
1: yep just cinematic. a cinematic yep uh, okay but well that's i'm
0: always up for SteamWorld, world man i mean i love that i love that uh, that world that ip uh, almost every single one they put out has been like brilliant i mean there's one i didn't care for too much but the rest of them like like you know, awesome stuff. Yeah, I'm a big fan, and I'm definitely excited for another entry.
1: It's cool. I, I like Thunderful is back on my radar um, now that I remember they're not called Thunderworld, and <laughs> or Thunderdome or Thunderdome. But yeah, I'm really, really. Uh, it was like a pleasant surprise that that uh, direct. You know, like I wasn't expecting it, and it was funny. And there was a bunch of games I was really interested. So go check it out on YouTube. It's out there right now. Right on, uh, thunderful. A couple other things, Elden Ring. Uh, just so I know and, and put this out there, I know you don't want to know anything about it. I got it. You want to go in without any information, but um, a lot of uh, reviews are coming out now because people got like an hour or two hours with it. The closed um, network beta test. Closed network beta test, right? And just saying that a lot of those early graphics that we are that I was making fun of you know, on our show, I could have to take that back because it looks better right it just i guess we saw probably like again leaked footage uh and it wasn't like you know a super alpha so it looks um yeah it looks much better and people are liking it and i don't want to see too much more
0: it's funny you bring that up because i literally played it just an hour before oh
1: on. snap i wasn't
0: going to jump into it you uh i had no plans that. but i got sent a code and i'm like oh shit well i mean i guess why not uh since i got this code and everything well then um, let so
1: me hear from the horse's mouth.
0: Yeah, you call me a horse. What's yes. up with that? Yes, I am. Yes,
1: that's the that whole <laughs>
0: bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me hear from the horse's mouth. It. That's you. I get you're it. The horse Yeah, that means I'm the horse. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I was going to go in cold, but got this code, and I figured, what the heck? So, just full disclosure, I only played it for like a very short period of time because with this uh code, it's not like you can just jump on any time It's only as far as I know, this particular batch of of codes is only this weekend, and it's only at specific times. Mm. So it's only like. I think the first time was like 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. on Friday, and I'm like, "Oh shit, that's I'm not gonna Jeez, do that." That's crazy. And then there is like, um, uh, like it was like whatever it is. It's like it's like three hours at a time, at certain times of the day, and you got to be watching the clock. And like that just totally did not work for my schedule, like at all, because I just was like, I'm busy and I'm doing things, and it's like I ran home and then I missed one, and then I tried to get up and I missed one, and I'm like, Oh my god, I can't. I can't get on this. But I finally caught one at the very tail end. There's a couple more this weekend. Um, and what I am... What are my thoughts? What are my thoughts? So with just the, the the disclaimer that I only played a little bit because I only caught it at the tail end. I mean, it's basically open world Dark Souls. It is Dark Souls. It The menus look like Dark Souls. The, um, the screen... I mean, it looks like Dark Souls. The style... Uh, which is fine. I mean, people like Dark Souls, but I like it too. You know, I don't like it when people go on and on, and I don't like when they uh, talk about the difficulty and shit. But, like, talking about the game as an experience unto itself is great. I like that. And it is just like open world Dark Souls. You start the game, and, uh, you know, you climb out of this crypt, and you walk up, and there's just like this big open space. Uh, there's a giant map you can look at. Little things are highlighted on the map. You can collect resources. Like, you walk up to like a bush, and there's berries, and you. Know, get a, I don't know, like a, a bird or something and get a couple feathers from the bird. And I'm, I'm sure crafting is going to show up. I got a book of recipes, so I'm sure there's going to be like cooking Yo, in the Dark yeah. Souls. Yep. Um, I walked around and killed a couple animals and I was looking for something to do. I found a dungeon. I went in the dungeon, a very Dark Souls dungeon. Uh, and I saw this big boss walking around the overworld and he killed me real quick. So that's also very Dark Souls. So overall, um, it is just... As far as I can tell, really like uh, an upgraded, you know, next gen open world Dark Souls. I mean, that's that's literally all it is.
1: Yeah. And that's what I'm hearing. And which is an interesting thing, even though you experienced it and people uh, say that sentence. I'm wondering if it will bring people like me over to that uh, game style, because, as you know, and I've talked about on the show before, I don't like games that are punishingly hard and you love them. Uh, And but this because you can kind of go where you need to and it's not pushing you down a corridor all the time. No, no You know, do no, you think it would bring no, over crossover no. people? Do not, do not. No, I don't think
0: so. It, because the combat still felt totally like Dark Souls. Like, when I started fighting that guy who, like, killed me, I'm like, okay, this is a very Dark Souls kind of boss. Got inside the dungeon. I'm like, okay, this is a super Dark Souls dungeon. You know, meaning, like, you died pretty quick. And there was, like, ambushes and the same kind of, like, stamina-based combat. I mean, if you don't like the way that Dark Souls plays, I, I don't think then having an open world plus the dark souls that you already know you don't like is going to change you. I don't think this hmm. is going to win people over. Well, um, I my, think you have to be
1: sorry, okay. but my, fi- my follow up question to that is, do you think though, because you could potentially, and I heard a reviewer say this, you can grind a bit. Do you think that might help? Because then if you don't feel like, basically I've always felt like underpowered and that's the goal. I think a lot of uh, from FromSoft games is, or to be smart at like how you do combat. But if I could grind a bit because it's an open world and I don't have to like go specifically to this one spot. Nah, I'm...
0: you could always grind in any of the Souls games. I mean, that's always been an option. There's always been places to go to grind. And if you needed to grind, you could. Mm. Um, so if that I mean, if you weren't already grinding before, you're not going to do it now. And it's okay. it's literally the same game that you already know you don't like. Just there's more of it like okay. open world. So.
1: Well, then again, it's great for you then and great for people who love the Souls games then.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to jumping in. Me and the wife are going to try to play as much of it co-op as possible because she's a Dark Souls fan, also. Um, but it looks cool. I mean, it it looks it looks like a good progression for the series. You can jump, which is great. You haven't been able to right. jump, like, yeah, not not in a, not in a real sense forever. Um, and just kind of exploring is kind of cool. I mean, I think it makes sense that they're pushing this whole thing forward and and taking it to the next level by adding an open world because honestly, the formula is getting really stale and I was getting kind of tired of it. So this looks like a good way to freshen it up while still staying true to what, you know, what the fans like, I guess.
1: Cool. All right. People check that out. If you want to check out for the network test, I don't know if you're still can get in, but probably can't, right? That's right. Probably, probably really, cannot. It's yeah.
0: going to be over in a day and who knows if they're going to do another one.
1: Okay. Uh, and then a couple of things is uh, speaking of RPGs, fable uh, kind of went over Twitter. I uh, guess the last few days and a bunch of fable talk was happening and the devs came out or some people who were working on it said, Hey, we've been working on this for four years just so you know. Um, so that was kind of a fun reveal.
0: God, who are the devs on it anymore? Because Fable was originally Peter Molyneux's baby, and he's—I don't know even what he's doing if he's even in games anymore. So who is even in charge of Fable
1: these days? Oh, it's the uh, Forza team. Uh, what's it called? The devs? I don't know. Oh, come on. Uh, but
0: the same Forza people.
1: The uh, Forza oh Horizons goodness. team. No, yeah, but like, yes, the Horizon team. Sorry, open. Uh, it's called. Oh my goodness. I, a, don't know, I
0: don't really play Forza, so I don't know what their team is called.
1: Oh, my goodness. This is bothering me. It's like I, I...
0: You keep talking. I'll look it up. I'll look it up.
1: Okay. Look, yeah, it's the Forza team. I, I can't think of the name of it right now. Anyway, so they've been working on it for four years. And I kind of had an idea, an inkling that they were, because I was around at Microsoft at some point, And I can't say any trade secrets or things right now. But um, I think that I knew that that was being worked on. So um, do you have the name of it?
0: I'm looking. I saw the old developer. It's the, uh, oh, my goodness. Playground gracious. Games? Playground, playground games. games. Thank you. Okay. Jeez
1: Louise. Uh, yeah, I think they've been working on it for a little while. So, but, but anyways, it's just good to know because that means it's, like, maybe not as far away as uh, other people thought. And um, I, I want a new Fable game. So a um, couple more things. Or did you have anything on that or No. Favorite. No,
0: I I've never been a big fable fan. I don't think they're very good games. So I was going to just stay okay. quiet and not say anything negative, <laughs> nice. but I guess I just did.
1: You did and I I prompted for it, so it's okay. <laughs> um I just wanted to mention that Dokev game or dokey V, however you say it. Uh it looks like Pokemon but like way better graphics.
0: Mm, I don't know about this one. What is
1: we D-O-K-E-V? talked about it. EV? Yeah, yeah we-, we talked about it in like a, one of those trailer releases or something or E3, but it's like um it's like a super high graphics looks like Pokemon. Um, oh yeah. Korean, I think. Like. I believe it's a Korean developer. Um, anyways, I realized after seeing another trailer for it, I think the official trailer came out, I was like, I can't play this because these are all kids. Like, I don't want to be a child. And yeah, it
0: looks very youth, youth-oriented youth here.
1: Yeah, so even though it looks beautiful and is something that potentially could get me more interested in the idea of a Pokemon game again because I've been so out of Pokemon, I, I, just after seeing the last trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to play this because... I don't want to go hang out with a bunch of virtual kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the kids
0: look like they look like they're maybe 10 years old or something. I
1: know. I know.
0: Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Uh,
1: one more thing people can check out and hopefully that's how they use some of this housekeeping. Our listeners is go YouTube a bunch of stuff, but go check out lies of P and that's the Oh, letter P. Jesus,
0: dude. What? Oh, my God. That what? game. Yes. Talk about it. Yes.
1: Oh, I'm just I just saw the trailer and I was like blown away. It looks like a mix of Bloodborne with robots uh, so I guess you could call it steampunky, but it's also Victorian looking, and it looks a little bit like Final <laughs> yeah. Fantasy action. Uh, that like, game
0: is bananas, dude. Where did this bananas. game even come from? It, it's literally, like you said, it looks like Bloodborne mixed with like some Dark Souls, or even, or even uh, what's the one? What's oh my god? What's the Ninja one that they put out that I didn't? Ninja uh, Gaiden? No. You know? Oh, Sekiro. Palmer. Sekiro. Thank yeah. you, Jesus boy. You know, folks, get your sleep, take your vitamin D. Be properly hydrated before you do a podcast because your hydrated, performance yes. really suffers if you don't. As I improve positive, it looked like Sekiro and uh, Bloodborne, but it's based off Pinocchio. I don't know how that fi- factors into it, but it's based off Pinocchio. And it's also like, you know, like this third person combat it looks brutal, like you said, Victorian and dark. I'm like, who, wh- where did this come from? What is even happening? What's going on? It's a very. Very strange property, but I'm interested in it for sure.
1: And by the way, you just blew my mind. I had no idea it was a Pinocchio, and now it's a, it's lies of P, so P is Pinocchio. P is Pinocchio, yes. I didn't, did they say that in the trailer? I didn't It hear is ex, not in the trailer, but when you read about anything, it is
0: explicitly stated oh. that this is their Dark Souls Sekiro take on, on Pinocchio. Weird,
1: yes. Well, it looked pretty fast through the action. and Sometimes, like, it can mix. I like when they mix it, especially for me and my gameplay style. A little bit more like with the Devil May Cry or Final Fantasy 15 style fighting, because mm-hmm. then it's like again more, uh, accept, like it more people can come into the game instead of having to be like really good at. It. So, yeah. anyways, it looks really really cool.
0: Yeah, uh, it looks very cool. I think all the Dark Souls fans out there should give it a shot. Take a look at it.
1: And I'm also going to try it just because. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's it. I guess that's it
0: uh i don't really have anything i mean i was going to talk about elden ring but you brought it up organically so we talked about that already the only other thing i was going to say was i just saw uh shang chi uh what is it tale of the ten rings i think oh yeah is it on legend of the ten rings it came out on disney plus last night um so very excited about that i wanted to see it but i wasn't going to go risk COVID in the theater so we were waiting patiently and also um you know since they made you wait a lot of people made the point that they did not charge extra you know because recently oh yeah you know like when jungle cruise came out or when uh whatever the last is uh black widow came out whatever those i mean they were charging you like 30 bucks a pop for those um which to be honest i w- i wasn't too mad about because if i get to watch it the same day as in the theater Thirty bucks is way cheaper than actually going to a theater. Plus, I can pause and go to the bathroom whenever I want to, which is great. Um, so I wasn't salty about the the charge at all. Um, but it was free just to download, just on Disney Plus. So I'm like, ooh, score, even better. Uh, so we watched it, and I thought it was great. I thought it was really cool. It's a fun, lots of great fights. The fight choreography I thought was very good. Um, it is a very like Chinese movie. They have like people talking in not English for a lot of the movie, which I thought was great. They didn't, you know, whiteify it up, which was nice. Um, Very few white people in the film, which I thought was totally appropriate. Uh, And just like the action was great. The fights were great. Um, I mean, just the story was interesting. Uh, It's just great cast. I mean, it was just fun. It was fun. I mean, if you're one of these salty ass people who's like, Disney movies are all the same and they're ruining cinema. Well then maybe skip it. Maybe this is not for you, but if you still like Marvel movies, Um, And if you still like superheroes and if you just want, you know, just like a a popcorn slam bang, kick some stuff action movie for an afternoon, I think it's awesome. I thought it was really fun.
1: And I love more representation in movies, especially big budget ones. Um, And also, Aquafina is in it, who I love. Um, Yeah, she
0: she does a good job. She's good in it.
1: She's really good in it, I think. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I'm excited. I just saw trailers with her in it. So I'm going to watch it tonight because I didn't know it was on Disney yet. So that's cool.
0: Yeah, it's very good. I give it a total thumbs up. I enjoyed it from start to finish. I thought it was very good. A lot of laughs, a lot of action, cool visuals. I mean, just I mean, just that's what I come to the Marvel movies for. That's what they give me. I'm happy to keep watching these. I would watch one of these every three months and never complain about it. So I'm I am still in the Marvel camp.
1: Cool. Thank you for reminding me. I will check it out tonight. Uh, also, I'm watching Red Notice, uh, but it's you know it's just what it you think it is. Um, that's the
0: one with the, what The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. And yeah, the-
1: and uh, Gal Gadot. Oh, um, uh, yeah. It's 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 actually more funny than anything. It's really just kind of like an action comedy. Um, you know, that's pretty much what it is. Because it's just those three kind of like trying to get you know get the best of each other or whatever. Um, is this on Netflix? It's on Netflix for free. Yeah, I mean, if you're on Netflix, you have it already. Uh, go check it out. It, it was fun. It's a fun ride again, like that kind of popcorn thing. And yeah. Most of it's like action, then joke, action, then joke. You know, and that's like in this very um, difficult world, it's nice to just kind of watch some of those. So that's kind of fun. That's out now.
0: Uh, right on. You bring uh, up a good point, though. I, I, I really want to, like, agree with what you're saying there because, yeah, you know, I think there is a time and a place for, for cinema or games that, like, makes you think about what it means to be a human. And are, we're exploring, you know, boundaries of genres and we're pushing things forward and we're, you know, it's, it's artistic. And th- those totally have a place. And sometimes I love those. But then sometimes, you know, you just want to get, like, your, your comfort food equivalent. You want to just watch something where stuff explodes. You want to have a couple laughs. You don't want to think too hard. Yep. Totally fine, too. Like, neither one of those is better than the other, and they can totally coexist. You don't have to choose. And I think it's okay that some movies are shooting for one thing and some movies shoot for another.
1: Oh, totally. Um, that's essentially why, like, I'll watch a documentary and then chill out and watch something like that. Although, by the way, the other thing I saw recently was Finch because that's on Apple TV now. Uh, and that's Tom Hanks with a robot and a dog in the future. and it's a Yeah, very, I, saw the, I saw the promo. It's a good family movie, by the way. So I think it'd be, you know, good for you guys. It's a kind of a downer of a movie, though. So that's a spoiler. Uh, mm. But it, it's helpful to know that going in. It's not just like a, like I just said, it's not the Red Notice type game, movie where you're just like, yay, comedy, comedy, action. It's like a, not a tough movie to watch, but it's also like a pretty oppressive, like kind of the, the the environment, Man Against Environment, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Um, I I don't know if
0: we have Apple. You got to have, what, Apple TV Plus or something?
1: Yeah, it comes with a lot of people like have it and they don't even know they have it. But um, it might also be available. I don't know if they do make it available for VOD. But anyways, it was good. It was like really, really good. And Tom Hanks is, you know, great in these kind of things. It's, it's like Castaway, but in the future. Right, uh, well, since we're
0: doing this, a couple more shout outs. Oh, geez. Time, we can keep going. Game. Just a couple here. I just finished season... I want to say season three of Disenchantment on Netflix. Have you seen Disenchantment? Oh, I'm glad
1: you brought that up because I saw your tweet about it and I was like, we should mention it on the show. I love Disenchantment.
0: Uh, You know, I didn't think I was going to love it, but I ended up really loving it. I'm not like a huge Simpsons fan. Uh, I don't like hate it or anything. It just never really clicked with me. Uh, So, But my son wanted to watch it and I was like, I don't know, this is even appropriate. And there's definitely some off-color stuff that happens. But overall, I mean, I think it's a really great great show where, I mean, it's about, um, this princess, her name is bean. She's in a magical kingdom and she's kind of like a drunk kind of screw up. But then as the series goes on, she kind of gets her act together, does some stuff with the, with her friends and kind of, you know, I don't know, like just has adventures like magical adventures, but at the same time, kind of like developing as a girl who's basically cleaning herself up and kind of becoming more responsible and stuff. I think it's, it's really good. I mean, it's, it's lots of, lots of quick jokes. It's got the Simpsons kind of like, um, rhythm to it but at the same time i feel like it hits a lot of um tones that the simpsons didn't hit or at least when i was watching simpsons i mean simpsons been on for like what 80 87 seasons or something so I, I haven't seen all of it but yeah um it just to me i remember it feeling different than what i remember from the simpsons so i i like what it does it's fun and i i really enjoy it
1: i think it's so different from the simpsons it's awesome because of that like you know it's not a lot of the same writers and of course the simpsons change writers like a million times but um it's It's got some of that kind of, you know, takeaway um, when it comes to the humor. But it's definitely, yeah, like a, um, an overarching story for each season. Like, it's definitely like, you know, you're following it. It's not just... Oh, yeah,
0: there's a plot for sure. Yeah, there's
1: not like monster of the week. I mean, kind of, but really it's about like one whole story they're trying to tell. And that's what's fun about it. And also, yeah, it's more grown up in that way. Um, like you mentioned some off-color stuff. And also Eric Andre's in it. So him being in it, he's the demon. Um, yeah, you're always yeah. going to get some really weird and funny jokes and it's dark and funny and I love it to death. And it takes a little bit, though. So people listening, if you're like going to go on a recommendation, I know you've heard it before, but it does take like five or six episodes and then you start getting into the characters. And I think season two and three are better.
0: So. Oh, yeah, it took them a while to find the rhythm. I think they very much started out as like a medieval Simpsons, but I think they really quickly found their own beat. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, with Eric Andre and like the writing staff is all. Um, If you watch the credits, it's a lot of like fairly well-known comedians who are working on it. So there's some pretty good talent behind it. Yeah. Um, But I think it's great. And they just ended season three. So you got a lot to binge if you haven't seen it. And just really quickly, um, changing gears just a bit, uh, shout out to Amphibia, which is on Disney Plus. This is a show we started watching when we ran out of Owl House episodes, which we started watching when we ran out of Steven Universe episodes. Um, I didn't know we were going to really like it. It seemed like maybe just something to kill time until um, Owl House came back. Uh, but we actually have grown to really love it. I think the cast uh, of Amphibia is great. What happens in this? Have you ever seen it, Carlos? Do you know? No, I don't know. Anything about it. Uh, I got it. Nope. Uh, a girl opens a magic box and she falls into a world where everybody's a frog. And it's like an alternate dimension. Uh, and it starts out just kind of goofy. Uh, and they do kind of have Monster of the Week episodes, but they eventually do have a through line and a plot. And I think just the juxtaposition of this human girl in the frog world and the different things that they do. It's just really cute and really smart. Um, There's a lot of really good jokes. We laugh out loud a lot, like really genuine laughs. And I just, I really like it. They're in there, I believe third season also, um, not to spoil anything, but it goes in new places. And in terms of representation, the main character is uh, Thai. And I can't remember the last time I've seen a main character who was a Thai person, Um, but they eventually talk about her culture and not even like in a preachy way. Like it just comes up in like little teeny ways. Um, We meet uh, the Thai parents and I think the parents are fucking awesome. I love the parents. And they just have so much good shit in that cartoon. Plus, it's really genuinely funny, too. So shout out to Amphibia, which I love.
1: OK, I'm going to get I'm going to get two more things real quick. Because oh, we're shit. Here we go. And okay. also real quick tangent. And then we will finally start the show. But um, this idea of that we have to say, like, this is a movie with a Chinese cast and this is, um, you know, a Thai lead. And there's nothing against what you just said. I'm just saying the state of where we're at, you know, it just seems so crazy to me that we still have to do this. And like it, like,
0: like it's, it shouldn't even be noteworthy. It right? shouldn't
1: even be noteworthy at yeah. all. And like, especially for me with native American, like again, res- reservation dogs is amazing. Go watch that show. But that's like the first thing out of people's mouths are like, and yeah, it's actually native Americans. You know, like cool. Can we get past the fact that like, you know, and I don't, I'm not saying we should get past it because you know, the representation isn't there yet, but I just can't wait till it is. You know, like we're in a Star Trek world where yeah, it's just more like representation across the board. So it's just frustrating when I hear that because it is true still. Um, And also, everybody go check out Reservation Dogs. But before we leave this, because I was just going to watch this tonight, I think, um, because I watch everything. The Eyes of Tammy Faye is out. I think it's on VOD now.
0: Oh, is that Kristen Stewart who's in that?
1: No, no, no! That's the Princess Diana documentary. Oh, I'm getting those confused. Who, who yeah. plays
0: Who plays Tammy Faye?
1: I forgot the actress. Oh wait, it's a famous person. I'll look it up. You look it up. Uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye. It's with another this one actor who used to be Spider Man. He was in The Social Network, and I can't remember his name. And then this woman who I can't remember the name. And they're both they look amazing in the in the movie. And it's a documentary about Tammy Faye Baker and um, the whole you know scam that they pulled. So that's out right now, which I'm pretty excited about um and also the velvet underground has a documentary that's a new one and that just came out so if you're old enough to remember the velvet underground you should check that out as well
0: jessica chastain is who that is yes
1: that's her and then the other guy is the guy that other person i didn't i
0: didn't i didn't keep reading okay
1: (laughs) anyways let's talk about video games now there's a bunch of recommendations for viewing pleasure
0: (laughs) let's talk about video games okay moving on to the main portion of the show uh let's keep it going with you carlos you're bringing to the show a game that I've seen, and I think I even wishlisted it. It's called Still Stand. S T I L, S T A N D has a very distinct kind of art house vibe and aesthetic to it, but I don't really know very much about it. So why don't you tell us about Still Stand?
1: Yeah, just a real simple um, kind of graphic novel that's interactive. And I just after I played this, I think I saw a trailer because it was on PlayStation, and this is totally a Steam type game. But I'm really excited to see more of these kind of games uh, coming over to PlayStation and Xbox. But the consoles are basically getting, yeah, I guess and Switch, (laughs) they're getting a lot more of these games that would traditionally just be on Steam, you know, or Itch.io or something. This is such an Itch.io game. Uh, But yeah, it's like really, really relaxing and cool and dark and funny. And it's about uh, a woman, Ida, and... Basically, she's just super depressed and living in a room by herself, which feels very pandemic-y.
0: Ooh, that feels very, very contemporary.
1: Right. Well, there's a bunch of contemporary-type call-outs, too. I mean, like, they mention the virus and stuff like that. They mention everything uh, that we're dealing with kind of in in an absurd way, right? Or in a kind of Lynchian way. Um, And also, the fact that she's alone in her room... Um, at some point, like, this dark creature shows up, like this fuzzy creature. And she's just kind of fine with it, weirdly mm-hmm. enough. And that creature talks to her, talks to her back and forth. And it's almost like you talking to yourself in a way. Okay, yeah. So that's kind of what the, that, I think, creature represents. Uh, and then, yeah, you you actually make choices, you know, choose your adventure style. There's a lot of things where you, are like, you know, move the mouse around, which works pretty well in the controller uh, to do certain actions, you know, like pick up drink or smoke cigarettes. You go to a shitty party that you don't like. And then while you're there, you know, you have to do the little actions of making her smoke or drink too much, you know? Um, sure. and then at some point she like kind of has outer world kind of other, other real experiences. And one time she's kind of, I think she's blacked out drunk and you're kind of in a dream sequence and you have to like pick her body up and throw it all around the room and like throw it out the window. And then she actually wakes up, uh, it's hard to explain, but it looks really funny. So there's just it's just done really well. It's done a really cool um, indie art style. And I just want more of these uh, on console because I think it's a great place for uh, people to check this kind of a interactive comic. Yeah, it's kind of an interactive comic.
0: Interesting. So is it animated or is it still pictures when you're doing this?
1: It's kind of both. It's a mixture. So okay. mo- mainly it's still pictures, but then like parts of the scenes will move, you know? Uh, all right, interesting or if you move the body around if you move like things with the control yourself you're, but you're not like controlling a character walking left to right at all right it's just more of a story that takes place in panels but then there's like these interactive me- elements um like one of them is you're just changing the channels on the tv and you know one of the uh, stations is showing like the covid like monster you know like that little oh, yeah. circle dot thing sure 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 and then he, she just switches it you know and then it's like boring news guy who's just mumbling and so again there's like elements of the real world in it and then there's just kind of this absurd take on it with a monster it's so good and it's so short and uh, it's i think it's probably by one person i don't know it's called nilia games nila games uh goes check out still stand it's on steam and i think it might even be on switch like we-
0: i think it's on everything i saw it on playstation i saw it on switch I would be surprised if it wasn't an Xbox. I think it seems uh, to be on everything.
1: How okay. long uh, did you finish it? How long No, it- I'm at the very end. It's like it's one of those things where and we'll talk about this later in the show, I don't when I, when a game's so good, I don't want to finish it. Um, I don't that's I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but oh sure, sure. Uh, because it's a perfect one to go back to when I'm in this mood. so i'm I think I'm near the end. Um, and I, yeah, it's about like an hour and a half two hours probably at the most. Okay, um, cool. I, th- I think I just played like an hour and a half and I was like oh I think this might be over I don't want this to be over um, it's really cool I guess I should just finish it because I want them to make more of these it's like reading a oh. comic
0: all right well this sounds really good still stand S-T-I-L-S-T-A-N-D probably on every single platform sounds like a win it is check it out check it out okay uh, what do I have on the docket let's start with Aeon Drive A-E-O-N Aeon Drive uh, this is a 2D action platformer uh where you play a girl who has a small robot companion uh who just like kind of like is not in the gameplay the robot just kind of like follows around and makes commentary you're just basically this girl um she can like jump and double jump and wall wall jump and dash and stuff and the, the premise is that you somehow have gotten mixed up uh you had like this accident or something city's gonna explode you've only got a limited amount of time to deactivate Uh, I don't think it's bombs. Whatever it is, it's going to explode. Something's going to explode. And your robot friend is only able to send you into the past, like, I want to say it's like 30 seconds in the past, um, and that's how long you have to get to where you need to go to deactivate the thing that you need to deactivate. Um, I did not realize this was such a timing-focused game when I played it. I thought it just looked like an action platformer, so I'm like, oh, I could go for some platforming on this particular day, and I started this up. And then it's like, time, time, hurry, hurry, run, run, go, time, oh, running out of time, no. se- seconds counting down. And I'm like, oh, God, I, I am not in the mindset for this. Um, so, like, as soon as you start the very first level, like, you know, this, the, the timer starts counting down and you got to run, like, as fast as you can. And it almost feels like a speedrun game in the sense of, like, you've got to do everything perfectly and you've got to have all the moves down perfectly. And maybe that's not true. Maybe the developers are thinking, oh, we left lots of slack in there for people. But for me, I was like, holy shit, I feel like I am. Playing at the the maximum of my abilities and it's not good enough to get through this game. Damn it! I found it to be very difficult, very frustrating, and I it needs just to be easier with more time. I got very quickly to a part where I was just running out of time. I just could not finish the level because I wasn't playing perfectly enough. You know, like I was taking too long to do the slide, and I wasn't double jumping efficiently, and I just couldn't couldn't make any progress. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not at all in the market for something that has such heavy time pressure. Which is a shame because I think the graphics are cute. They're kind of pixel-based graphics, two D. Um, I mean, the colors are great. I wanted to play a platformer, but Aeon Drive was not the platformer for me. It just, I, I don't need that much pressure. That much pressure in my life right now.
1: Right, and you're always talking about how you don't have enough time, anyhow. So why would you want to play a game that's like doing that to you?
0: Yeah, it was just like pure stress from like square one, and I'm just, I'm just not in the market for that right now. So. Um, That is Aeon Drive. Now the next one, so it's ironic. Um, The next one I went to seemed like it was going to be the opposite. I'm like, well, I don't need the time pressure. Let me play something that's more chill. And Airborne Kingdom uh, started out on PC, and it's now on Xbox. I don't know if it's on the other systems. Definitely on Xbox is where I played it. This is a... Um I guess kind of like a sim city sort of a thing where you have a city which is in the air it's like a little platform with some propellers on the bottom of it and you're looking at it from like the God's eye view like sim city view and there's like a story of like oh we need to restore the city and you know whatever whatever meet the civilizations and meet people and stuff it's a nonviolent game there's no combat mm-hmm. um, you just like travel from place to place. Uh, but I gotta be honest I noped out of this almost immediately, not because I wasn't interested, but because the tutorial is terrible. I just could not could not understand what I was supposed to do and how I was supposed to do it. Um, I feel like the developers are assuming a lot of knowledge, like genre knowledge on the part of the player. Uh, So a lot of basic stuff, I just they didn't even bother explaining, but I didn't know how to do. For example, one of the very first things when you start the game is, oh, you need to build uh, like houses for your citizens. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's do that. And I got the little house block and I couldn't attach it to my city. And I'm like, what's going on? Is it pointing the wrong way? Do I need to get wood first? What's happening? And I couldn't figure out what to do, how to make it stick. And I got totally fucking stuck on it for like a long time. And I'm like, this is like literally the first thing in the game that I'm supposed to do. And I'm still in the tutorial. How is this game not explaining to me what I'm supposed to do? Um, And I think they just assumed that people who play these kind of games, probably more so on PC would just know that you need to have a path, a path that connects your city to your house. Right. I don't know that was there supposed to be I, news to me. So I stumbled and stumbled and stumbled. I eventually figured out somehow that you need to put a path down. I'm like, Oh, you guys could have just fucking told me that. And I would have done that 10 minutes ago. So I put the path down and they just don't explain anything. Um, Because your air, your, your airborne city is flying. A lot depends on where you put things because if you put like, for example, you put all your houses at the front of the city the city starts leaning forward because it's too heavy in the front. Uh, so I'm like, Oh shit. Well, I wish I would have known that. Like, I think you need to really like emphasize that a little bit more. And later on, they're like, well, you need to find some resources, move your city because you got propellers fly around the world and gather resources. And I couldn't figure out how to move. I just am like, what am I doing? Like mm. I I'm trying buttons at random. I'm trying to click on things. And like, it's not, the city's not moving. Couldn't figure out how to get to the next part. And I'm like, okay, fuck it. Like I, I realize I am not a pro at the SimCity genre. I get that, fully admit that. But I'm not a stupid person, okay? I have played games for like 40 fucking years. And if I can't figure out your game, I think that maybe you need to take a couple steps back and like maybe open it up, explain what the systems are, explain what the buttons are, explain how to do these things because this is not intuitive. And I'm sure that the people, I'm sure they're lovely people uh, who made Airborne Kingdom. I'm sure they're great folks. I think they are assuming way too much. They don't know how to properly do tutorial and explain it to somebody like me who is coming to their game? Who's excited about it and has literally no background information on their game? Yeah. You look at your game. You work on it for six months, a year, two years. You become really familiar with it. That's great. But you have to remember, other people are not you. And if we, if I am not you, last time I checked, I'm not. I don't have the knowledge that you have. And you gotta explain your game to me. So what, I bounced off it almost immediately.
1: True, but one would say or argue that we are the universe, and so that person is you. So. But that's I mean, possibly, yeah, that
0: is a very big tangent. Yeah.
1: And it's a very it's a you know, it's a possibility that we're all just different versions of ourselves. But anyways, um, to that point, though, you know, how many times have we mentioned that on this podcast that you have to have a good tutorial. But with the idea of patches, which we also talk about a lot on the show, they can patch in a tutorial, right? Like, oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I would do.
0: Absolutely. I would love to come back to this game because I think it's really interesting looking. I think it's a cool idea. Having a floating city is something that appeals to me. Like, I hope that they hear this and say, you know, no ill will here. But like, you got to fix that tutorial. Please go back and fix it. Patch it in. And I will happily come back and like really put this game through its paces. But yep. I just I'm not going to sit there wasting an hour trying to figure out how to get the city to move when it's like the third step in the tutorial. Like, that's that's
1: so you have no time. Come on.
0: Yeah, it's, I'm not going to waste time on that. So fix the tutorial. Let me know. Email me. Tweet me. I will happily come back. All right. All right. That is Airborne Kingdom. That's all I got to say about that. Carlos, turning it over to you. Forza Five, and I know it's Forza, but I feel silly saying it that way. Forza Five is on Xbox. Uh, I believe it's on Game Pass. Correct?
1: Well, it's uh, Forza, Forza Horizon. Oh, uh, Forza Horizon. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Is, it's Forza is more the realistic one. Yeah.
0: That is. Thank you for that correction. Uh, Forza Horizon Five. This yes. is the one that's set in Mexico, I believe. Is that it right? is in
1: Mexico. Yeah. Um, a lot of wide open spaces and stuff like that. It's um yeah that's the game.
0: So on Game Pass, you're playing it now. It seems like everybody in the world is playing it right now, even people who don't traditionally play racing games. So I'm not going to play it because I'm not a racing guy, but uh, let's hear from you about what you think about Forza Horizon 5.
1: Yeah, and by the way, on Metacritic, it's um, I think they said it's the highest rated game all year at a 92 or 93. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, and I think that's because it's – I have a couple of ideas on why that is the case, but one of them is because it's – it's objectively good. I hear a lot of reviewers say that. <laughs> oh
0: shit! It's objectively good. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. No. Okay. But
1: here, let me let me hear me out on this. It's like, <laughs> you know, the, we we talk about in length, and we'll talk about it later in the show games that launch with bugs that are broken. Blah blah. Yes. So this game, like hands down, works everywhere. Like and anything I did in that game and tried to do, or you know me, I play games like incorrectly, uh, and I try to break them, and everything works as it should. Now that said, they're doing a couple of little tricks where like a lot of things are destructible in the open world, which is a car, you know, it's a car open world game uh with races. And, you know, it, a lot of things smash away, so it's like it's hard for like physics to like break the game or something. But long story short, like it just works and it just if you like driving, it's fun. You know, like objectively that is it. It's just like at the baseline. <laughs> It's, a, it's, a, it's an interestingly fun game to play. Anyways, that said, the Horizon games, if you don't know, are just the open-world-style uh, racing games that take the physics from Forza and make it like you can just drive around anywhere you want to go, go to any sort of event, uh, do things in the world, almost like an RPG. Uh, go back to Fable. Yeah. There you go. See?
0: Uh-huh. I see the connection.
1: Uh, and yeah, of course, they've been working, I think, on the both games probably simultaneously because this is a beautiful open world uh, and it's Mexico. Uh, and, you know, it just feels like it's the same type of game as four. So it's not making any strides. I don't think at all, really, in my opinion, um, the races. Of I mean, the races, that sounds
0: kind of bad. Is that bad or is that good?
1: fine. kind of fine. It's like the okay, graphics are okay. better. Everything kind of just went up a little bit. Um, and like the cars look even better now and uh but and it's it's just the same to me being four again and someone who loved four it's great um and then yeah you do the races and what i was saying over the weekend or not weekend maybe it was last weekend i don't know when i played it but um i was doing races and it does that thing where it takes your friends and makes them ghost cars you know
0: oh yeah yeah there's a name for it right they 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 came up with a new name it's like they're is it still called Drive-A-Tar? Is that what it's called?
1: Oh, Drive-A-Tars, That's it. Drive-A-Tars, Is that right? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe it's called that. But anyways, I don't really, you know, do any multiplayer stuff. But I have a few people on my, you know, Xbox and PlayStation like friends list, and so to see them come up as cars just immediately makes you more competitive. You know, I was like, there is
0: definitely something to that for sure. Oh
1: yeah, I was like, I saw Elaine in there, and she had a funny thing where she was driving uh, her Jeep. Again, she wasn't driving it, but the AI was taking her, you know, ghost lap,
0: and exactly, racing. Exactly.
1: But what's interesting about the ghost lap is, is like I was racing against her, and she like crashed, like crashed, like I I went in front of her and like made her crash, but I made the ghost car crash. You know.
0: So is it that you made her ghost car crash, or did her, or did she crash on her oh, own, and you're just seeing a recording? No, no. Of her crash?
1: I think I actually did because I think what they do. This is really cr- intense logic. I don't know what's going on here, but we're like
0: fucking inception right here. It like, is inception
1: because I was bump, I'm bumping in the cars. So I was like, there's my buddy, John Davison. I'm going to beat him to the finish line, which by the way, John Davison, if you're listening, I don't think you are. Um, but my old game, my, my old boss at uh, GameSpot, But but, uh, and also just a games industry veteran. Uh, you know, he was, me and him were like neck and neck for first place. And I was bumping his car, you know, like that wasn't in his ghost race bumping into another car okay
0: so then you are definitely interact so they're not just ghosts it's like an no. ai controlling a car that's actually in your world it's not just yes yeah, yeah, yeah okay gotcha, gotcha but again
1: that's pretty freaking sophisticated i think
0: oh yeah that's cool man i dig it
1: so that gets me to play it more and it's almost actually making me want to like open up which i've never done but open up my friends list i'm scared just saying it <laughs> and letting people like who listen on the podcast or people on twitter like actually you know before my friend or something in a console. I don't ever do that <laughs> because it'd be fun to like race against listeners of the show or like my friends on Twitter and different, you know, social platforms. Yeah, um, for sure. But anyways, I did beat John. I was very happy about that. And then I tweeted him immediately <laughs> and I was like, I just beat you. Did you see that? And he's like, of course I didn't. Um, anyways, it's a really fun game. I don't, I don't have much to say about it. It's like instantly playable. If you liked any of the horizon games, you're going to love it. Uh, and one of the coolest features besides that racing thing is they finally, I think they did it last, uh, game two, but I don't remember them doing it. Someone said they did it in four, but this one was the first time I remembered when I typed in my name to make my little avatar, which is very, very basic character creation, you know, but simple stuff. i named it Carlos and it, and the lady's voice said, hi, Carlos. And I felt really. So they
0: good. knew what the name was. They, yeah. they they were able to read it correctly. That's yeah. excellent.
1: And especially Carlos. Like, sometimes they would give you default names and be like, hey, if you're on this list, we'll say your name, you know. But, but if
0: it's not, then there's no voice. Yeah. It's funny you mention that because I did um, some work with Microsoft when we were doing the promotion for this. I did some of the uh, interpreting. You might have seen me do some of that stuff. And I remember um, the people on the team talking about they – I believe this I, – I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's this one where – They went above and beyond specifically on that exact issue where they recorded like so many more voice, uh, not voices, but voice tracks for names that are not your traditional John, Bob, Steve names where they went to like all these other names that were like, you know, Arabic names and they were like, you know, uh, like Asian names or whatever. And they wanted to make sure that more people than ever would be able to hear their actual name uh, in the game. So clearly it connected with you.
1: It's such a big thing. It's so funny how these things, again, we're going back to like representation, you know what I mean? Like, the name Carlos just wasn't in, like, it, most these, you know, sing, like, regular white dude marine fighting people. Uh, I mean, that's a bad assumption, a bad um, example because, like, you know, there's characters in games, yes. But, like, when you make a character, right. yeah, there wasn't a lot of Carlos's uh, in the AI voice thing or whatever. But so that was really cool. I, I'm glad they did that. There's so much accessibility, by the way, in this game that it's redonkulous like the menus are crazy. Like you could do whatever you want to change this game. Um, So that's really helpful as well. And I guess they did sign language too. Is that right? There, yes. You know, I saw something about this. I didn't know this was in the game, but I believe
0: that when you go to some of, I think it's some of the cinematics where there's like voiceover or something happening Um, You can have an option to have a sign language interpreter pop up in the corner of the screen. So if you do not want to read the subtitles and you'd prefer to see actual ASL, that is a choice. And as far as I know, that is the first time that's ever happened in any game in history as far as I know. Yes,
1: ever. Yeah. And it is an actual person who pops up on the screen uh, and it's an ASL. That's really cool. cool. Very cool. Um, the, The only thing that I don't like about the accessibility or with this whole kind of like topic we're on is that even though they said, my name is Carlos, my actual like avatar voice could only be like British, so oh. <laughs> yeah. So I was You're a Carlos British guy from England. Carlos, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, but still points. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say about it is uh, Adam Sussler just said this on Twitter, and I agree with him. It's like um, this game's like a grandmother who like just like always like praises you and makes you feel good about yourself. Like anything you do in the game, like gets you XP. Or, like, points. Oh, okay. You know. Gotcha, gotcha. You get money for everything. There's, like, things you can just drive through, like, a sign and smash it, and it gives you XP. Like, you're always winning in this game.
0: That's, it, like, the Fortnite model, where, like, literally, even if you don't win, because you're not going to win every time, but, like, you shoot something, or you jump off something, or you uh, open a chest, and, like, you get points for, like, literally everything. It just kind of drives you forward, because you're constantly rewarded.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's, like, I mean, that's really good, especially and to expand on that in this time period that we're in right now. It's, like... Am I winning today? I feel like I'm losing every day. Oh, I'll play this game for a minute. And I'm winning. Like, I just know that I'm doing better, you know?
0: Yeah, it's um, nice to play something positive in that way. Yeah.
1: And this, I'll leave it on this note. He, um, Adam also said, um, it says one of the th- favorite um, things that the game says is, you are now in the top 100%. and Excellent. Yes. I mean That's amazing. You're in the best. You're in the best. Anyway, the game that's is funny. really fun. And I, look at me. I'm smiling talking about it. So Forza Horizon 5. I love it.
0: All right. And I believe it's on Game Pass, correct? Game Pass?
1: It sure is. And that's Man. a game where you want to play it for a very long time. So that's a game I might actually end up buying after it leaves Game Pass.
0: There you go. Game Pass is killing it right now. All right. Excellent. Sounds good. Uh, let me talk about Super Hiking League DX on the Switch for just a minute here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you say this Super a- Hiking? yeah hiking is in like you know hiking through the woods or whatever okay super hiking league dx which is kind of misleading because you're not really doing a lot of hiking uh this is a really cute 2d game you can play it by yourself there is a campaign which i totally appreciate uh but i think it's probably meant to be more of a co-op sort of a thing where you uh the screen is split in half and this is 2d pixel art on the left side of the screen is you you are a little like hiker guy or girl Uh, multiple avatars to choose from. On the right side of the screen is your, you know, quote-unquote enemy, although you're just, you know, your fellow hiker or whatever. The point of it is to get through these uh, levels. You get two out of three attempts to get to the top of a very tall vertical, quote-unquote mountain, which just looks like a series of platforms and stuff. So you start, uh, and whoever gets to the top first wins, and it's two out of three. So it's very straightforward competition. Um, So you can jump. You do not have a double jump. I think you can jump up, grab ledges, I believe, Jump off walls, and you're just like trying to get up these little uh, vertical platforms as quickly as possible, trying to get to the top of the, of this mountain. Um, the one hook this game has in terms of climbing is that you do have a stretchy rope. It's not exactly a grappling hook because it doesn't grapple on everything; it only grapples on to very specific points. But it is very like stretchy, like a like a bungee cord sort of thing. So there is some finesse to it. It's not like you just throw the rope out and you get a big boost. It's like you have to throw it, and you also have to be mindful of. Uh, how high am I from where I'm throwing it. If I, if I fall first, it'll bounce me higher. Or if I just climb straight up, it's not much of a bounce. Like There's some physics involved with the rope, which is a little bit of finesse to it, which is fine. Uh, but it's just very simple, straightforward. If you want something action-y, platform-y, um, it's fun enough to play just on your own. Doing the campaign, you go from uh, town to town, challenging the local hikers of each area. And if you win, you unlock that person to use for future... Uh, but I think it really the point of it is, I think, to play with your friends. And I think it's kind of a kind of a hoot because you can um, hit each other. Like if somebody's hiking up, you can whack them with your rope or you can hit them with your climbing knife. There's no violence, really. You just whack them and they get stunned for a second. And, uh, you know, it's kind of that little cutthroat friendly competition where everybody wants to get to the top and whatever happens, happens. So it's pretty pretty good spirited, pretty cute, pretty fun. I think that's a, a good time, especially if you got some friends and don't mind competing a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty fun.
1: It reminds me of. Uh, I'm looking at the pictures. It reminds me of. Um, I'm gonna call it a uh, platform puzzle fighter.
0: Kind of, yeah, because it's
1: like you have that split screen, right? And you're like you're battling against them by trying to do good platforming.
0: Exactly, it is a battle, but you're also platforming on your own, and it's not a fighting game. But like you can, you know, like you can bump your your opponent and knock them down and stuff. So yeah, it's definitely that's a pretty good way to describe it.
1: Cool. Well, that seems fun. <clears throat>
0: there you go. Super Hiking League DX. Playing it on the Switch. I think it's a good time. Uh, I will also talk about the Rift Breaker, uh, which uh, just came out maybe last week or the week before. I think uh, this is from the same people who did. Oh my goodness! It was like the best active tower defense I've ever played. Probably the best that's ever been made. And I'm totally blanking on the name of it. I'll look it up in a second. Wow. If you anymore. look it up, Carlos, what, I can't What, what, what am I
1: supposed to look up? The best. Look
0: up, look up the developer of Riftbreaker, and then see oh, what their okay, previous okay, game okay. was because it's got a really generic name. It's like it's like Morph X Defense or something like that. Like it's totally forgettable name, but the game is incredible. Um, anyway, it's from these people. I think they're great, great developers. This is their new thing, and I gotta say, I was very, very excited for it. Um, what happens is, you are a lady. Who is from Earth? She has a giant mech suit, and you get warped into an alien planet. It's played from a top, uh, kind of a top-down isometric perspective. You get to this alien planet, and there's like all sorts of swarms of uh, native fauna. Um, you have to very quickly set up like little mining stations to use the natural resources. So you're basically going to a new planet to like rape it for all of its resources, like you know, like humans are so good at doing. Um, there's a story mode, there's a survival mode. I think there's also a multiplayer mode, if I'm not mistaken. I started the campaign mode and it's interesting because I like the idea of, so the thing that I liked about their last game, did you find what that name was, Carlos?
1: Yes. It's called X morph defense. Okay,
0: good. Thank you. I was close. X morph defense, generic name, but super incredible game. I totally recommend it to everybody. Even if you don't like tower defense, it's really, really good. Um, but the thing I liked about that was they took the genre of tower defense, uh, So, you know, enemies coming in swarms, you set up defenses. I don't like that genre in general, but I like this one because you were a little ship and you could, like, fly around the map. And so having a little bit of um, agency really helped push that formula over the top. And I think that was great. Like, having the player be more active than they traditionally would be, I think, is wonderful. They kind of take that same concept for Riftbreaker and do something different. So this, I think, in effect, is kind of like a Sim God game where you are setting up, um, you know, resources to be mined. You're setting up defenses, building walls, building towers, kind of like an RTS, kind of like a Sim God game um, with enemy, you know, the monsters are attacking you, local monsters are attacking you. Um, so I think that's cool. And But their spin on it, again, is like Morph, Morph X or X-Morph. Uh, you, you can't do it from like a top-down menu perspective. You have to be in the mech suit and you run around the map doing that yourself. So like, let's say mm. you're on the map and so you're your uh, mining operation on the east side of the map goes down because monsters are biting it, you have to physically run over there and, like, fix it yourself. Like, you can't just go to, like, a zoomed-out map view and, like, do a couple clicks and fix it. Like, you need to run over there, shoot the monsters yourself, or use your sword if you want to, uh, and use your mech suit to, like, patch up the wall, fix whatever's broken. And then, like, you know, every anytime something's happening on the map, like, you got to run over there. There are little warp zones you can set up so it'd make it quicker for yourself. But you're taking a very, like very active personal role in like moving this mech around the map and doing that, which I think is a cool idea in theory. I like that idea very much, but I got to say, I found this game to be extremely difficult. I was, I mean, like number one, like we talked about, uh, I think it was last episode. I'm terrible at the RTS genre, like managing 15 different things at once on a map is something I'm, I'm shit at. I just, I'm terrible at it. Um, And that's really what this felt like because you have a pretty big map. You've got to do a lot of really small detail work, like you set up a little mining operation. Then you got to set up each little um, chunk of fence that goes around it. Then you got to connect up a power line. Then you got to put up a guard tower. Then you got to set up uh, a generator for the guard tower. Then you got to set up an AI core to run the guard tower. Like it's a lot of like, like kind of intricate building. Like I think it's almost like a little bit too much to to deal with. Um, And you have to do it by running over there and like moving the cursor around while your mech suit is right there. I. I get what they're going for, but I feel like it's too much because I would be like kind of trying to very carefully build my little base on one side. And then my base on the other side is getting demolished by the monsters. I'm like, Oh shit, I've got to run over there and take care of this. By the time I get over there, the first base I was working on is getting eaten by the monsters. And I'm like, I can't do both of these things at once. And it's, it's too slow. Like I'm not quick enough to build the fence and the defenses and get the generator set up and set the power line set up. It's just, it's like way too much. And I wanted to either pause or I wanted to zoom out to like a God view and just kind of do it like on a map screen view and then just use the robot to fight. Um, That's what worked really so well about um, X morph was because you had the pauses between waves. You could see things from a very zoomed out view. You could have a good ability to kind of see the whole scene at once and see what needs to be fixed, move things around. And then when you got in the shit, like you were just worried about fighting guys one-on-one with your, with your spaceship with this game. You're all, you're also fighting one-on-one with these monsters, but at the same time, You've got to do also the God view stuff, which right. I feel like is really difficult. I I mean, I'm struggling. I could not get past the first level. I barely passed the tutorial. It was very tough for me.
1: It sounds very um, Warcrafty, like, you know, that uh, or any of the other RTSs where you're like, oh, I've got to do all these things. But it's adding the th- the feature that you liked, which is you're controlling an avatar. But it's like, no, because now you're doing that and the avatar. And that might be yeah. too much, you know?
0: I kind of wish the avatar was just for fighting and then I wish that you had like a pause mode where you could just fix your base up and stuff and you know the developers like oh put it on easy mode and you get more time between waves and it's like oh my god like not enough like I felt like I was constantly getting hammered and I just didn't have barely any time to do anything um my son played this uh, on a different mode I think it was survival mode and I think he's on the easy mode where the monsters don't aggro you unless you aggro them first and he really likes it a lot like he built this giant base he had all these generators and All these cool defenses, and it looks really cool when you get it off the ground. But like he's not playing the campaign mode, which I was playing. I feel like it's scaled way too high, and he's and he's playing the mode where nothing attacks you unless you attack first. So he's very careful to not aggro the monsters, and he's just like building and building and running around the mech suit, and it looks like a really good time. Mm. So I feel like, um, much like Airborne Kingdom, this is one that would really benefit from a patch. I feel like it's too hard. I feel like there's way too much going on, and there's not enough time between waves. And I got it. I really wish I wasn't building the space like brick by brick with my mech. I wish there was a different way to do it. Or maybe if there were pre-made like templates, you could just pop down like guard tower plus battery plus AI. Boom. Like in one button or something that right. would be kind of cool. But I just feel like it's, uh, it's a lot and it really sucks because I loved X so much. I was so excited for this game, but I just, I can't play it. It's, it's too difficult for
1: me. You know what we bring up on the podcast a lot is difficulty. And you know, even though I joke that you'd like, you know, you like difficult games and I don't as much. But I think that in this case and other cases where we talked about it is that, yeah, like the, the the systems that the developers make might be something we're really interested in. You know, like it sounds like there's a lot of things to like in this game, um, but you can't get into it because you're worried because essentially difficulty, really.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's and it's also the kind of difficulty. Right. So like in, in terms of like a Dark Souls or something or maybe even like in a Turn by turn by turn um roguelike you know you have the ability to stop and think or maybe you're just focusing on one thing at a time like with dark souls it's usually just you and one other monster at a time so like all you got to worry about is dodging and rolling you're very focused but like on a game like this uh where there's just like like 15 20 things going on at once and you're juggling all these different plates that's a very different kind of difficulty right right and i definitely would like to see people be like you know we got to make it we got to make it easy like kind of like the airborne kingdom developers assuming that the player has too much knowledge i feel like the Riftbreaker developers are assuming i probably have played a couple of games like this before and i'm probably okay at them
1: right you're like a person not be... yeah you're not the rts person they're like oh if you're gonna play this game you should already know rts's so... yeah
0: like i wish i want like a baby mode where it's like pretend like i've never played one of these because i really haven't and make it super easy and let me just enjoy the mech suit let me enjoy being in the jungle and stuff like i like everything about this game except for how hard it is
1: that's it. kind of reminds me of what's that tesla game i played that was a like tower defense that i liked and you didn't like i don't think
0: oh tesla versus lovecraft or something like that. i think that? so yeah
1: and yeah. What, what that did again like i have played tower defense but it didn't like jump me right in right away it was like it gave me really easy levels yeah and then i yeah. was like oh i really like this system and i like how you know simple things like um the feedback in the controller you know and uh, like this the, the graphics like i could get into the stuff they built because i didn't feel like destroyed right in the beginning so i think exactly. that's what i that's what i meant when i said difficulty it's like difficulty based on that game and so this is like rts difficulty you know so
0: there needs to be more of a curve for sure i mean I, like i said i barely got through the fucking tutorial dude and then once i got into the first level on the easiest mode by the way like i just i could not hack it like at all i wish it was like However easy you think this is, make it like twice as easy. And you let know. me just have a couple wins under my belt before you start kicking me in the nuts. Because I just, I want to play this game, but it's just like, I can't, man. I just can't hang. So
1: It's a nut kicker. All right. It's a nut kicker. It's a nut kicker.
0: It's a nut kicker. That is the Rift Breaker. Um, check it out. If, you, if you're if you good at RTS games or if you like RTS games, check that out. Uh, Back to you, Carlos. A game that I'm very curious about. I actually just got this um, from Gamefly and I have not had a chance to play it yet guardians of the galaxy hearing a lot of good things about this one which is uh i mean maybe it's on me but kind of surprising because i think the avengers was kind of a big whiff for a lot of people i don't think it really did what what square enix was expecting it to do so i think we were all kind of expecting guardians of the galaxy to be like more avengers but apparently it's pretty different and most people from what i hear anyway are saying it's actually good stuff so carlos tell us a little bit about guardians of the galaxy
1: yeah um how do I start this off? Yeah, it's definitely not Avengers. Whatever that Avengers mess is or was um, isn't this team, and it's like a whole different thing, right? Like whoever was working on the Avengers, it was it Was it um, not Crystal Dynamics? Is that right? Crystal Dynamics, yeah, yeah that's right. Yep. Um, recently on a bunch of YouTube videos I was watching, it sounds like they were thrown under, under a bus because you know, they're a great developer, and they just got given the wrong property, in my opinion. Um, and,
0: and commanded to make it a game as a service. Give me a break.
1: Right. And then the, uh, we talked about this in the show before, but the single player campaign is pretty damn good. Uh, and you play, you know, as a, a really cool character. So, but then the rest of it just falls apart because it is this game as a service bullshit. So that's why that sucked. But at the same time, remember, um, you know, they did make a good single player game. This is just a single player game. Uh, it is incredible. Um, I don't want to like. I want to lower your expectation. I know specifically even you too. I don't want to be like, it's the best thing ever because um, then you'll be like, it's okay, Carlos. But (laughs) it's going to be difficult for me to not just sing its praises, this whole review, because it does help, you know, having low expectations. And I went into it with low expectations as well. I knew it'd be a single player campaign. I watched some of the footage earlier uh, from, you know, early demos and stuff. And it's pretty much a, you know, single player, Story-driven game where you have companions. It feels very similar to Final Fantasy Fifteen, which I mentioned on the show a lot because I love it. And it's that kind of you know story. You're upgrading yourself like an RPG, but not you know fully like an RPG. Just a kind of action adventure game with upgrades. But the kind of banter that the uh, characters do the whole game feels like a Final Fantasy game, like Fifteen was. Where you actually are like listening and you're not just it's not just throwaway dialogue, it's like part of the story. You're learning about the characters, you're learning about, you know, what you should do next. And this this story of this game also has choose your own adventure stuff in it where it does affect gameplay. So and by the way, it takes place the whole idea is it's um it's a it's a whole game and world that looks at the movies, but also looks at the comic books, comic books. So it's not just like you're playing the movie. So, you know, don't think that. And the characters even look different. You know, they look a little different than the movie. Um, Although there's a bunch of unlockable skins, but I think that's kind of silly. Uh, Anyway, so it really feels like you're playing a graphic novel in that way. Uh, You're playing like the comic book series of these Guardians of Galaxy, and they're all kind of new to each other. So they bicker a lot more, and they're like not sure if they trust each other. So that's got the kind of story and I don't want to say anything else about the actual story because it's all really, really exciting and weird. But that's kind of the starting point is like you're following the Guardians as, you know, they've done missions together, but they're still kind of distrusting each other. Um, and then when you make these choose your adventure uh, decisions, here's an example. One, um, it just came to bite me in the ass. I was trying to do – you have to do kind of mini-games here and there, you know, or like quick-time events. Uh-huh. And I was trying to do this thing where – Doing these quick time events to help Rocket, the little raccoon type creature, who's not a raccoon, <laughs> he wants to. Big... But it looks exactly like a raccoon. Um, he was trying to like cause a distraction for us, and we're in a really really big scenario that I won't talk about. But he was trying to do distraction. I like uh, passed three of the four mini games, but the fourth one was the most important, and I failed it. So because of that, we had to go in a whole other like side area and fight a bunch more people. Because I could have just, like, went around it, you know, by having him do something. So, like, those kind of things are in it. And then also, similar to RPGs, like, trust. Like, your different teammates will trust you differently. Or, like, you know how um, in the games you like, the horror games, where they say, that person will remember that choice.
0: Oh, sure. Like, The Walking Dead. Like, the Telltale games. Telltale
1: games. And, like, you know, any of the other ones where it's, like, you know, it's listening to your choices. So, that stuff's happening at the same time, which is great. But... The other two things I'll say about it, um, besides all those things that are being really, really fun to do as a single-player game, uh, is the graphics are fucking incredible, and yeah, they are the best graphics I've seen in a video game. Period. Like full ever. Stop. Period? Full stop. Yeah. Full stop. Wow. Wow. I, I can't. I can't stress it enough. Like I don't. I have not, with my own eyes, seen the like a glory. It sounds like a hymn that I'm about to start doing. And now to sing the glory of. The- I was gonna. I was not gonna ask if you're gonna break in a song. I thought you I were. have not seen. And you isn't did. That, yeah, I think that's a song, um, a hymn, as it were. Yeah. So, so there. But there's a caveat to that. So one, there's that beautiful thing that I hate so much. There's a performance mode and there's a quality mode. Oh yes. Yes, we both hate that, or I hate that with a passion.
0: I hate it as well. I hate it too. Okay,
1: we so. both hate it. So normally i'd be like fuck off turn it to 60 frames per second you know me carlos 60 fps that's my middle name and i turn it to 60 frames per second and the graphics aren't as good turn it back to 30 which and i'm playing on the playstation 5 it's a lock 30 you know it's incredible like bonkers beautiful so i i can't believe i'm saying this but i'm playing the game in 30 frames and oh, it's wow. Yeah, wow. I'm surprised. It's it's that important because, and this is really good for listeners, play it in 30 because two things. One, it's definitely like drop dead gorgeous. I've never seen anything like this on my TV, period. Second, you only do combat some of the times. So this isn't a game where you're just like going from board to board and destroying people. You're basically exploring and talking to each other and making choices and you're learning about the story. It's like watching a movie almost in a way. Um, it's actually better. This game is so far better than all the Guardians movies. So there's that oh, Wow. Too.
0: Okay. All right. Easily. That's a, oh, wow. And I, statement.
1: I, yeah. And I love all those movies. Uh, Ragnarok's my favorite. But it, it's just as funny. I'm laughing out loud at tracks in this game so much. Like laughing out loud. And I don't laugh at games. Um, it's fucking brilliantly written. Uh, there's emotional moments. There's a lot of comedy. And why I said the 30 frames per second is that most of the time you're exploring like these amazing worlds and really weird places, and you're not fighting, right? And if you really wanted to, you could switch it to 60 because they let you switch it back and forth, which is nice um, to to fight. But mm-hmm. I, I haven't been. I've just kind of like gotten into the mode of doing it in 30. So I could talk about this game forever. I just want to stress that you should play it in 30 because it is like – Again, the best thing I've ever seen on my screen. Uh, it's bonkers. The lighting and stuff. And what's really interesting, I know I'm sounding like a like a run on sentence here, but it's that, uh, that because it's Guardians, you go to nowhere. You go to weird spaceports. You go to um, you know alien planets. You go to uh, you're just in a weird mucky place with a bunch of gross muck around, and everything is so different that it feels like you are exploring the galaxy, like. I can't stress that enough. It just feels like every location is so weird and different. It's just like breathtaking. Um, this game's fucking phenomenal. I'm sorry, I'm raising your expectations every word I say.
0: <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I got it from GameFly. I only played it for like maybe I don't know ten minutes or something before I had to. Uh, before I realized I was missing the Elden Ring technical test, so I needed to oh, jump yeah. on that real quick before the show. Uh, I will get back to it. It does seem very interesting. I Just my really, really brief, like, one-minute observations. I mean, this all sounds great. Very excited to get into it later tonight. Um, the Guardians' redesign visually is really different. They don't – I mean, they're recognizable, but they don't look like their movie personas. Right, yeah. Exa- I mean, Rocket does because he's just a fucking raccoon no matter what he says. But, like, um, Gamora looks very different. I don't know that I like her the way that she looks in this one very much. I think it's not too cool. But I think Drax looks great uh star lord was kind of shocking like how different he looked i guess i was expecting like chris pratt again which i'm glad that it doesn't look like chris pratt like i don't, I don't really want yeah that, we don't need more chris Pratt in this world yeah yeah I, I i didn't want it but i thought i was gonna get it so i'm glad i didn't get it that's good i will say though i don't know if you notice this or not or maybe it's just me but i feel like the voices for star lord and rocket are very similar in this game do you notice that or is that just me
1: i didn't notice that
0: yeah I, well, like in the in the first scene they're, they're both talking and i couldn't tell which one was which and Rocket's voice is not very raccoony. He just sounds like a regular person, which is weird because I feel like he should have a little bit more of a something audio going on to kind of make him just like a bit more of an animal. Mm. Or, you know, like a little gravel to his voice or maybe something because I, 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 you know, like I said, I played it for five minutes. But, like, really, I'm like, man, their voices sound very similar. Who's talking? Is it Star-Lord is it, or is it Rocket? I can't tell.
1: But, um, that, so, That'll go away at some point because they are totally different characters and Rocket okay. is, like, really, really angry a lot of the time, so... Yeah, all right. You'll well, that's good him. to know.
0: I'll check it out. So that's all I really have to say. Like I said, played it for five minutes. But I will say one thing, which is a huge Galaxy-level criticism of Square Enix. I'm sure you, if you saw my tweet, Carlos, you already know what I'm going to say. Uh, I b- booted this game up, started, uh, started playing, and one of the first things that happens, like so many games these days, they want you to log into Square's online service or whatever. Like, you know, just like the the Ubisoft thing, they want you to log in to get your UB points. Like Square is like, oh yeah, log in your account, your Square account. Oh yeah. And we'll give you an extra outfit. And I'm like, okay, cool. I like cosmetics. Yeah, let's do this. I try to log in and I, I do not remember what my password is. I can't remember the last time I played a Square Enix game where I had to log in. I'm like, I don't know what the password is. Uh, just let's do a reset password. You know, that's a very common thing these days. We live in a technological society. Sometimes you got to reset your password. I hit the reset password and it fucking tells me did you see my tweet about this? You know what I'm I, didn't gonna say? See,
1: I didn't see this. That's why I don't know. No,
0: I, I fell out of my goddamn chair. I'm like, I don't know what my password is. Please send me my password. Their response. You need to log in to Final Fantasy 14. I'm like, what? I played Final Fantasy 14 for a grand total of maybe half an hour. Literally 10 fucking years ago on the PS3. Weird. And I'm supposed to log into that as the only way to recover my Square Enix account. I don't. E- I don't even know where my PS3 is, dude. I barely played Final Fantasy. There's literally no way to re- no password reset like every other place on Earth. That was it. That was it. If I couldn't log into Final Fantasy 14, fuck it. You lost your account, buddy.
1: Well, I can't. I'm going back to the fact that <clears throat> everything technically weird that can happen happens to Brad Galloway. Uh, because I've never heard of this, and also I think I'm lucky because on the PlayStation I play a lot of Square Enix games, like a lot of them, and mm. I think I'm just logged in forever. Uh, I don't know what they did, but it's like seems seems like it's tied to my PlayStation account. Because when I started this game up, it just said, uh, "Do you agree to all these things?" And I said yes, and I was like, "Okay, we just logged you in. You're good." So I didn't. I mean, do you
0: play you play way more RPGs than I do. I'm not I'm not really a Square guy. Like I don't I don't enjoy a lot of the games uh i mean i'm sure i've probably played one since then i mean at least like tomb raider if nothing else but like how absurd is it that i'm supposed to log into a game i haven't played in 10 years on a different console and there's no other way to recover my account like
1: i, I can't I start just, a new
0: account like fuck off all the way off i would say Ridiculous. fuck off all the way
1: off with you but i just don't believe it like there's got to be a different way to log oh, in.
0: oh dude i'll send you a screenshot brother like that's literally the only i'll, I'll Good I'm not gonna golly. do it in this moment. I'll send you a screenshot <laughs> of what I
1: should do. Okay. I, like, I mean, I believe you. Seriously. I believe that it happened. But I'm just saying, like, there's gotta be a backdoor, like figure a way out to get You would think castle. so. Anyways, minus it. that thing, which is a very small percentage of people who might deal with that, but yes, that is fucking whack. Um I will say a couple other criticisms while we're on the criticism side. All right. There's puzzles in this game which are literally identical to uh the Watchdog's Legion puzzles, which is a lot of like look through the walls and there's like these little um, conduits and you've got to like turn switches to connect power. Uh, I hate those. those I suck. hate those. And they don't, they feel out of place in this game. So I guess maybe at some point in development, they were like, we need more puzzles in this game for some reason. I literally think they could have had no puzzles in this game. And it's like close to a perfect, perfect score in my mind right now. But that mm. dings it a bit. Cause I'm like, if I can't figure it out, you know, I just, it, it takes too long to be running around and stuff.
0: It's just a drag, man. It stops the momentum.
1: It did. It already stopped the momentum twice because there's definitely like, I played seven or eight hours of this game. And I think I've already worn two huge moments where I was like, I'm stuck, you know. Um, by the way, we've never mentioned this, but the last few games I've played, the PlayStation, to give props to PlayStation again, that little uh, pro tip thing they do in the menu. Where you can hit the PlayStation button and get sometimes video help.
0: You've told me about it. I've actually never seen that feature. But you oh my told goodness, me about I've it. used
1: it like three or four times now. I used it in Far Cry. I use it in this. Like it'll literally show you like what to do. And oh man, that helps instead of like jumping over to YouTube or do anything else or right. <laughs> make sure you got the right search term. It's like no, no. You, we know where you are in the game. You know. So it's not in every game, but it, it you know it's very helpful. So. The only other thing is that I just ran into a mini boss of of sorts. Uh, It's that stupid thing that they do in video games where one enemy is healing the other enemies.
0: Oh, that sucks. It's the worst.
1: So anyways, you have to kill them first. And I just kept dying. And I have not, like, died a bunch in this game. And I have it on normal. So in my opinion, that's a fuck up. Like, if if I've been playing this game on normal for, like, eight hours and I haven't been dying really a lot then if I die like 15 times in a row, you fucked up. That's my, yeah. you know what I mean?
0: Rando difficulty spike. Yeah. It's a random
1: difficulty spike. So I switch it down easy and then beat it. And I was like, well, then there you go. Cause it's like, I was doing the same jumps and maneuvers. So besides a couple of random spikes and those little puzzles, this is like a 9.7 or something for me. Wow. It's, <laughs> wow. you know, no, it's like a perfect game. It does comedy, exploration, uh, f- the, the, the banter is like p- the best banter in between characters. It feels the most real that I've ever felt. And the graphics are the best thing I've seen on screen. It's like, yeah. High nines. Right on me. Right I want to give it a 10, but it's so stupid. I mean, you little can things.
0: and nothing's stopping you. Feel free. The Come
1: puzzles, on. the puzzles and the difficulty spikes are there really what brings okay. it down. But long story short, this game is phenomenal and I've raised your expectations or maybe I haven't cause you're Brad Galloway and you just go, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but but I'm, I think you're going to have a good time with it. And I, I implore everybody, even though the 60 frames a second is there, and I love it, uh, it looks worse. It's it's crazy they had to choose between the two. But it, it is fine. You can play it fine on 30, and it's the way to play it.
0: Right on. Well, that's very exciting news. Like I said, I got a copy here. I'm going to try to crack into that later on tonight. Didn't see much. I will also say that the opening of the game, I don't want to talk about it. We're not going to spoil it. But the very first, like, 10 minutes of the game, it's pretty cool also. I thought that was very well. You're going um,
1: to, without saying it, you're going to go back to that.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, and, th- I that was and that's very, really very cool.
1: cool too. Like Again, I don't want to spoil it, but they do like different things in games in this game. Um, I do want to say one more thing. <laughs> go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. It's, it, it's, it's one of those things that we saw in, um, and it's a spoiler. It's fine. Okay. How many people hear the episode it's fine. And for you, it's fine too. It's not that big of a spoiler. But remember in Nier when you got that fake ending? Yeah. near Automata or whatever. You got the Well, you sure. got a lot of fake endings in that game. Um, the I game is nothing but fucking fake endings. I know. I don't know if there is many of these, but I found something like that already. <clears throat> oh,
0: okay. So yeah. Narrative twist. There All was
1: right. a narrative twist because of a decision I made. And I was like, what the Ooh. fuck is this game? I was like, you rule. Because every time you think you, again, you think you know what this game is. You go, wow, this feels even different or feels fun. And yeah, it's just, it's cool shit, man. I can't stop talking All about right. it. And i it, right. well, it's let's... one of those things where I don't want to finish it. Uh, but I might just power power through it because it's so fun.
0: I mean, this sounds great. And a lot of people uh, are echoing what you're saying. I mean, I haven't heard anybody really bagging on this game. Everybody I've talked to has really sung its praises. Uh, so I'm very excited to crack into it. Uh, sounds like it might be a contender for one of the best of this year, eh?
1: Oh, it's, it's the best of this year right now, in my opinion. Like for me, um, this year? What did we play this year? Ah, some stuff stuff and things. we played some I stuff far cry like a lot but no this is it like right now it's my favorite game of the year wow all
0: right more more to come on this one i'm gonna crack into it i'm sure i'll have some comments next week yeah we'll talk next week uh we'll talk about it. we'll touch we'll circle back and touch back into this so okay cool a couple more games we're gonna wrap it up here really quickly let's see i was playing circa infinity on the switch recently this is a small indie i think it may even be made by maybe like one guy or maybe two people uh it's a kind of a trippy psychedelic puzzler where it's 2d pixel based and the screen you're looking at the screen it's like a circle and you're a little teeny little pixel guy running around on the outside of the circle and then when you jump you warp to the inside of the circle and there's usually like bad stuff inside the circle like monsters or something and so you gotta like jump around avoid them and you want to touch uh this little thing that's inside the middle of the circle so like you start on the outside you jump go inside the circle dodge some stuff and then jump to the center of the circle, and then you move to the next circle. Uh, It's—I mean—I don't know if that even describes. I don't know, does it make
1: any sense at all? Is kind of. I'm looking at the graphics. I, I, I for some reason I thought about Super Hexagon, but
0: um, it does. It is remi- reminiscent of Super Hexagon, where like you're playing the screen, and like as you like each circle becomes the next circle, and like you, it's kind of like you're going into like a tunnel or a pit or something. Yeah. Like Every time you jump, like you get deeper in. It's like it's a neat little visual effect where it looks like you're going deeper, but it's the circles that are kind of like. Just getting bigger and smaller and it's, it's really trippy colors are really trippy it's very like high contrast it's very cool uh really quick twitchy action a lot of jumping a lot of and it's also kind of mind-bending because when you're on the outside of the circle it's not too crazy but like when you get on the inside of the circle you're sometimes you're on the bottom of the circle so your character is right side up but then you walk to the top of the circle and you're upside down yeah and so that affects your controls and it's a little bit tricky that way because your brain is kind of struggling with the right side, upside down kind of factor. Um, I think it's very cool. It's very cool. It's very fun. It's great in short bursts. Um, I didn't get anywhere near finishing it because I don't know that I have the reflexes to finish it. But I do think what it's doing is cool, and I like it a lot. And if you like Super Hexagon or you want something really action-y that you can play in just like five-minute increments or whatever and come back to it, I think it's it's really cool. It's a neat thing, and I love seeing stuff like this pop up on the Switch. Uh, And I think it's also on the other platforms as well.
1: But speaking of platforms, it looks like a platformer... Uh, super hexagon it's like as your little character right and then you going into the circle
0: yeah yeah i mean that's that's a pretty good way of putting it it's it's very similar in vibe and tone and energy level it's got it like in the same basket i would say definitely not as hard and not as crazy as super hexagon but definitely like right alongside
1: super hexagon was so damn hard but you just kept playing it because it's that thing where like you die and you're like yeah fuck you i'm gonna do that try again yeah
0: yeah it's nuts It's, it's kind of that exact same vibe so if you like that and you want something along those lines? Definitely check I've, it out. I think it does this thing very well.
1: I think I really do. And also, I just noticed it's on phones. So oh, that would make sense. Yeah, that would make perfect. That'd be sense. good yeah, for like in bed for me, like put it on my you know Android.
0: Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, another one I'm going to talk about here is called Jars J A R S. Uh, this is a very strange one, uh, but spoilers. I ended up really liking it a lot. I think it's really cool. Um, there's a story. Which uh, tells its story without words, so I'm kind of following it. I guess basically, you're a kid, and like, I think your dad disappears or something. Your dad was doing some kind of experiments, maybe, and he vanishes, and you gotta like continue his experiments to find out what happened. I think it's not that important. Story is really not that important. Basically, the gist of this game is it's kind of like, I guess it's kind of like a tower defense. Everything about this game is really weird. You're looking at a shelf from a side view, like if you. Like, pretend like you're in your kitchen, you open up your cabinet, and you're looking at your cabinet, your, your kitchen cabinet, or your pantry, or whatever. You open up the doors, and there's, like, there's shelves in there, right? Like, you got your lower shelf, your middle shelf, your top shelf. Uh, and instead of, like, you know, your box of cereal or your can of soup, you've got jars, like literal glass jars. And some of these jars are marked with, like, a fortune clover, which means they're good. Some of them are marked with, like, a, I don't know, like a purple thing, which means it's bad. And some of them are not marked at all. And so you open up this cabinet. And you look at all these jars, and of course you're going to get the good ones first because those are always something good. And uh, in this game, each shelf is like one level um, where where creepy crawlies will crawl. So like inside the bad jars are like spiders, rats, uh, gross little weird bugs or animals, and they are walking towards like your little home base. It's like a like a magnet or something. Uh, you don't want them to get there, and they gotta walk through each shelf, going up and down the shelves, trying to get to your home base. So you open the good jars and those have like mosquitoes that suck the blood out of the bad guys, like baby mosquitoes, which kind of like fight on the ground. Mm. There's these big fuzzy flies. Uh, there's a, a spiky. I want to say it's a sea urchin, but it's not a sea urchin. It's like a, I think it's a hedgehog, maybe. Um, and like you place those things in the path of the oncoming bad guys to stop them. Right. So you put the, the hedgehog down. He gets all spiky. The guys run into him and die. Or you put the mosquito Uh, larva in someone's path and it sucks their blood out with their proboscis or the the grown-up mosquito can fly between levels really quickly. So it's kind of like a side view tower defense that takes place inside your kitchen cabinet and you open up jars to stop the bad guys from getting to your thing. But like one of the twists is you've only got a certain number of things you can use and a lot of it depends on what's in the mystery jars. So like some are marked good, some are marked bad. You know what those are. But with the mystery jars, sometimes it's something good, sometimes it's bad. You don't know. So, like, let's say you have a couple bad guys come into your base and you really need some more resources. You're going to crack a jar that's, that's not marked and you're going to hope it's something good. If it is something good, great. If it's something bad, then you just made your problem worse because another rat comes out or something. Hmm. So, like, there's this little kind of, like, gambling um, element to it. Um, and it's neat because none of the jars break on their own. You, it's, it's totally up to you. So you can pace it yourself, which I think is really cool. In comparison to the other games that we were talking about because this gives it an element of strategy where you're kind of observing how everything's moving you're observing how your battle is going if you feel like things are really going your way you can crack a couple mystery jars if they end up being bad things it's okay because you're going well if you're suffering a little bit your guys are taking some hits then you can open jars more slowly and kind of deal with them one by one rather than all in a crowd so it's got this kind of like self-determining self-determining difficulty level which i think is really neat And you can unlock more helpers as you go. You unlock different bugs and stuff to be on your side. You can unlock little upgrades for each bug, like give them little army helmets or little shoes to run faster and stuff. Yeah.
1: That's funny.
0: It's really fun. So I think it's a really interesting take on the tower defense that doesn't really feel like a tower defense. Kind of feels like a puzzle. Kind of feels like tower defense. Kind of feels like platforming a little bit. It's really interesting in that it borrows a lot, but it also feels definitely like its own thing. And once I... Understood what it was doing. I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool and neat. I really like it a lot. Very clever, um, and it's got this this energy that's all on its own. It doesn't really feel like anything else I've played, which is nice. Um, plenty of content, tons of levels to it, and the art style. At first, I didn't think I was gonna like it, but it really grew on me. It's kind of an Edward Gorey sort of a pencil sketchy, child's drawing sort of approach. Which at first I was like, Meh. but then the more I played. And the, the more I came to appreciate it, I think it really fits the tone very well. I think the artistic style uh, in the end, I think was the right way to go. And I, I really like this game a lot. It's interesting. I haven't heard anybody talking about it. And I meant to get it on the Halloween show, but I missed that window. So I'm talking about it now. But even if you, um, you know, you know, maybe you wanted to play it for the spooky factor, but even if you don't care about the Halloween factor, the spooky factor, just play it for the uniqueness and what it brings to the table. Cause I think it's really worth examining. I think it's, Just a really brilliant combination of elements. Really ended up liking it a ton. And you're playing that Switch, right? It is on the Switch. It works great on the Switch. I believe it's on other platforms as well, certainly on PC. But uh, again, it's called JARS, J-A-R-S. And I think it's just really wonderful. Really interesting, different, and unique. I I dig it a lot.
1: Yeah, unique is what I'm hearing. That whole description was like, what? Okay, wait, what? And you put little helmets on them? (laughs) um yeah very cool i like unique pretty interesting it's good stuff jars
0: i give it a thumbs up for sure okay Uh, all right one more game and then we're going to bounce. carlos grand theft auto definitive edition i'm not the world's biggest grand theft auto fan so i wasn't really paying a lot of attention uh i believe that the whole thing like three games came to sony's uh whatever the ps now i think and and uh xbox uh game pass got san andreas yep. uh on game pass but i mean everybody's getting back into it now uh i'm not gonna play this at all i loved san andreas when it was new when it was a, uh, a unique and novel thing i have since then lost my taste for grand theft auto but it's still like one of the world's biggest franchises they sell like 10 million fucking games a, a month whoever's playing grand theft auto 5 it just it sells infinite copies so people still have a taste for it carlos tell us what you think of Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition. Are you playing on Xbox or PS?
1: Yeah, I just tried out the San Andreas on Game Pass. Okay. Um, I don't have PlayStation now. Even though I use my PlayStation all the time, there there isn't really enough games to warrant that subscription. Um, But, yeah, the first thing that's the elephant in the room, but it's not really an elephant, it's everywhere right now on Twitter, is that they're calling this new um, Definitive Edition uh, trilogy kind of like the new Cyberpunk because...
0: Yes, I heard that. Yeah, I, and then I immediately thought of you, dude.
1: Yeah, and well, again, they're different things. Like Cyberpunk, in my opinion, even with the bugs, is a brilliant game, and I love the my whole journey on that game. But this is just the old games, you know, with a, a fresh coat of paint on them. And sometimes that's enough. Uh, sometimes you break it when you try to clean it up, and that's what happened. So the first thing is on PC, you had to have a launcher, like a launcher program that was online. And that thing was down, so people on PC couldn't play it, and they might not still be able to at the time of this recording. So wow, okay. So they pulled the game from the PC store. Uh, so that's a problem. Secondly, uh, it's a different developer. If you could look them up for me, I forgot the name. Uh, the developer who kind of like, you know, A a company will come in, a developer. The port developer, yeah. Yeah. And they'll be like, hey, we're going to like help you out and make this better. But the problem is, whoever this developer is, they did a couple cutting of corners. There's a lot of glitches. Uh, There's a lot of things that, even though the original games had AI issues and problems, there's like graphic things that you've probably seen on the internet already where like character models look really messed up. Um, And You know, they looked actually worse than they did back then because they're trying to use like machine learning or something to fix the models or something. But, yeah, it's still Rockstar's name. So that's the problem is that, you know, you think of Rockstar as like, ah, they'll they'll take their time. They'll make something really great and they'll send it out. Uh, This is this is I don't know if it's rushed or something, but it just doesn't feel done. Grove
0: Street Games is the uh, the port developer. Okay.
1: Well, they, either they had not, not enough time or they weren't the right team. I'm not sure. But you could just tell. It's like, yeah, some stuff looks better. But here's an example. Not everything looking better is good. Like in the old games, there was like a lot of fog. So, you, you know, they couldn't do draw distance very far. Uh, and But the fog kind of like lent an element of like the, the world feeling real in a way. And then in this game, there's no draw distance, or like the draw distance is forever, because it's so easy to like process the whole place, you know, at once. So if you go to the tower at the top of a tower, you can see like the whole map, and that feels <laughs> weird.
0: So you can see like all three of the main yeah like city yeah you can see once, the city right?
1: but, and then you see like just like a void of ocean around it, and you're like oh, so that's weird. Also, when it rains, it's like too high definition of a rain, so it's like gets in your eyes. <laughs> It's like <laughs> hard to see. <laughs> HD Rain, HD gets, in Rain your eyes? gets in your That's eyes. That's incredible. Write that down. Write that down. That's the name of the HD episode. HD Rain gets yes, in your eyes. Right. HD Rain gets in your eyes. That's the whole title. Okay. Um, right. And so, anyways, th- there's those kind of things. But also, for me, and this is actually not even based on the port, I put up a, a video of me playing, and all I did is walk to an intersection. Just, I just walked to an intersection. I didn't do anything. No gun in my hand. Oh, hands. I saw this clip. I yeah. saw this clip. And then my buddy um, was it Shane or somebody on Twitter? I should look up who sent it to me or who who, who shared it. Um, I think it was Shane. Uh, anyways, it got shared around. I know I want to find out who shared it, so I don't feel bad. I didn't call them out. Anyways, it got shared around, and um, it's all all I did is I walked to the tree corner, and I just watched the AI interact with itself, and it was just pure madness, like. Cops destroying other like pedestrians, people getting out of their cars and shooting other people for no reason. It was just madness. And it's like, I think that's fun to watch and record, but at the same time, it's like hard to go back similar to like when I said, um, you know, it's hard to go back to 60, uh, 30 frames per second or whatever. Yeah. It's like, once you see AI and what it can do, you go, wow, this is like super bad. And it actually does affect gameplay cuz say you're just driving along and you weren't doing anything and like you know this madness kills you somehow which happened to me like I wasn't doing anything and all of a sudden like craziness happened and you know I couldn't do the mission. And then there's also bugs in this game. Like there's a lot of in the port there's a lot of you know fall through the ground and fall into the earth kind of bugs and and physics things. So I don't know. Some of it's the old school game and I'm like I can't go back. I don't think cuz it's too janky. And some of it is actually the port so yeah. that's a lot of problems, you know, if you put those together. Um, and that's why I bounced. I'm like, I don't think I can go back to this game.
0: I mean, it looks rough. Even even putting aside the fact that it's an older game and the tech was from a different era and all that stuff. I mean, like I saw your video, which I thought was like ridiculous. Uh, just all that nonsense happening at that intersection. But there's plenty of videos out there where like somebody was um, on a bicycle and the camera like inverted to show like a backwards view from inside their face. Yeah. I just heard that the hot coffee content, which is still in the game. And it's like, how did that happen? That's like what the game is most known for the San Andreas, you know, when they had some sexually explicit stuff that was left in the game that didn't get taken out. Who are, what do you mean? It didn't get taken out. That was like, that was like uh, the biggest controversy in the world when that happened. And, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. Like, like you said, people falling to the ground and just AI not working and funky collisions happening and just, it's a mess, dude. It's a real mess. And also
1: on that graphic thing, this is the weirdest thing. Like certain people like like say they have a jersey on and <clears> it's like a number like seven or eight or something. Like you can see two numbers at the same time. Like one's underneath it. And it's like yeah, what's weird. happening there? Or like spelling errors everywhere. So it's like it's it was already janky because it's an old game, but then there's like new jank? So it's kind of like old jank with new jank. <laughs> um, new jank city. Ooh, that's new a jank good city. title That's a too. pretty good one.
0: That's a good one. That, we might go with that right one Right there as an alternate,
1: new jank city. New but again, jank you city. have to be older and know what new Jack city was because, you know. Anywho, um, so I'm not going to play this game anymore except for every once in a while I'm going to go in, because it's free on Game Pass right now, and just record a bunch of like insane scenes <laughs> because it's really funny. Um, and it was Shane, uh, Rez TV. Um, he he's the one who shared it, so thanks for sharing it. And then a bunch of people laughed about it. But yeah, this game is ridiculous. The the whole thing is kind of a mess. Um, and I guess the the best word is someone used is it's underwhelming. Because underwhelming, yeah. Because like, remember, w- you know, we usually get like a gameplay reveal or something like you know, hey, check this game out. It's going to come out soon. Blah blah. blah. There was nothing on this game. Like this came out of nowhere. It was radio yeah. silence and then all of a sudden here it is. It's going to be here soon and just buy it. Don't don't ask any questions. So
0: I mean, you have to wonder if they knew it was bad. I mean, I guess so number 1, if you knew it was bad, why'd you put it out? Cuz that seems really ridiculous. But not, I have to wonder if they tried to do this stealth launch of like, we know this is crap. So we're going to just put this out and people know oh, the yeah. UK name. A bunch of people are going to buy it regardless and You know, hopefully they get some sales. I mean, do they really need the sales, though? Because, like, Um, literally, like, GTA Five is, like, the number one selling game on Steam every month for, like, the last, like, 97 years or whatever. I I can't imagine they need the money. So why would you risk your rep on something like this? That's the part
1: part I was trying to say at the beginning or trying to explain is that, yeah, you have more money than, you know, Jeff Bezos or something. You have the most money in the world in a game developer. You're printing money every single day. And because you don't have to you know, you don't have to rush this out. Like other devs have to like, hey, we need to like, you know, feed ourselves and make a game here. Yeah, Rockstar does not have that problem. No, so take your time. You see, you know, you're getting the results. You're seeing what the devs are doing. You go, hey, listen, this isn't ready. Um, And and also they're calling it the definitive edition. You can't which do is, which that. Is,
0: which is ridiculous, which is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yes. you can't do that. It's just like the wrong name for it. And then them taking down the other version. So I think it's just a mess up. Uh, for me, cause I do love like weird AI stuff and I'm, oh, by the way, at the time of this recording, I'm writing a army, um, perf- uh, premiering a sketch tonight that is based on my experience in the game. Uh, the NPCs, it's a sketch about NPCs talking to each other. Uh, so it inspired me for comedy. It's ridiculous. It's funny to look at. Uh, I think it's a miss
0: it sounds and looks pretty terrible i'm kind of surprised it got released in such bad shape so am i so. all right well uh that's it that's the last game of the show i think it is now time to wrap it up folks as always we'd love to get your questions and comments hit us up podcast at gmail.com we're on twitter as a show at so Video Games. we're on tiktok so Video Games Podcast. But you can't reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week?
1: Uh, just uh, find me on the TikTok, Carlos Rodella, R-O-D-E-L-A.
0: All right. As for me, it's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. And this is going to do it for episode 258. Wait. Thank you once again for joining us here. Wait, yeah, wait, 258. Wait. What, what? What? I have two
1: more things. Okay, go ahead. It's like Steve Jobs. I have One more thing, but I always have two more things. Okay, okay. For one thing, Blade Runner, Black Lotus uh, comes out today on Crunchyroll. Uh, I've been waiting for that for a long time. If you know what it is, it's a CG new movie uh, or series. I can't remember if it's a movie or a series, um, and it's coming out, I believe, exclusively on country 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 roll, Crunchyroll. Country
0: roll is that like a good biscuit gravy? Country roll is another good title delicious. name. Yeah, country roll. I could go. For country I want a roll country roll. Right roll.
1: Yeah. Anywho, Blade Runner, Black Lotus, look it up. It's going to be awesome, I can tell. And also, um, the game that we talked about like a couple episodes ago, uh, unpacking.
0: Unpacking, yes, unpacking.
1: I saw a tweet that's phenomenal. That it's showing the sound effects of someone taking a, a little um, a bottle and placing it different places in the room, and everywhere they place it, there's different foley. Like different sound yeah, effects?
0: Different sound effects,
1: yeah. And then it says there was fourteen thousand sound effects for unpacking.
0: Which is ridiculous when you think about what a tiny little game it is. I mean, yeah. I totally appreciate them going above and beyond, but that's that's crazy
1: talk. That's crazy talk. I just thought I mentioned those things. Sorry. Okay, now we're done with the show.
0: Uh so I fucked yeah, you up. I fucked up your ending. Sorry. Fucked up the ending. That's fine. We can still wrap it up anyway. Uh, So that's it. Thank you again for joining us here, folks. Uh, We will see you again. Oh, and also uh, apologies for this episode going up late. It's been a crazy week for me. I had a lot of real life stuff going on. So sorry this episode is late. We will be back on schedule next week. And the next podcast, 259, will be up on Friday, God willing. So in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad.
1: And until next time from Carlos. I have an actual thing I say now.